Hey, this is Gene from the Assisted Living Network. Today we're going to talk about the differences between what I call big box and then the residential assisted living model. Big box, home, home-like or an actual home. You know, a lot of times a hotel, and I travel quite a bit, in a hotel, you go into the hotel and it feels like a hotel. It doesn't feel like home. They try really hard. There's a fireplace there, there's couches, there's low light, and there's lamps, but I'm still in a hotel. It's still a big, empty room, ultimately. So when we talk about assisted living in a big box style, and I, I'm not going to get down on the big box operators, but they try their best to make their large facility that is geared for hundreds of people living there at a time, making it home-like versus actually being a home. Now, in our industry, we might call that boutique-assisted living, where you take a single-family home and convert that. So when we talk about big box versus the home, what I want to talk about are what are the differences and what are the benefits of either one side or the other. The difference is one is big, one is small. One of the other big differences is caregiver ratio. In a small facility, if you have 10 people living in a single family home, very commonly you'll have two caregivers during the day and then one caregiver at night, and that's very adequate. Now, two caregivers during the day, that'd be a ratio of five residents to one caregiver. That's common, very adequate. In a large big box facility, and keep in mind the rules for each one are virtually the same. So whether you're in a big box facility or whether you're in a residential assisted living facility, a home, the rules are basically the same. You as the operator determine how much staff you need. As long as you can take care of the residents that you are taking care of, you can decide whether you need one, two, 10, or 20. So if somebody has 10 residents in a single family home, again, commonly it's two people during the day taking care of the 10 residents and one at night. But in a big box facility where there might be 150 residents during the day, the actual direct care staff, and I'm going to come back to that. The direct care staff might be 15 or 20 to one. So one caregiver responsible for 15 or 20 caregivers. Now, I've been in some big box facilities where the ratios were even higher, maybe 20 or 30 to one, but 15 or 20 to one is kind of the norm. Now, if you were to go to that big box facility like I have and ask them, what is your staffing ratio? They may say eight to one, 10 to one. And when you really dig in and ask, what is the direct care staff ratio? Direct care staff to the residents, now it's gonna be that 15 to 20 to one. Because when again, when you talk about staffing ratios, they're gonna add in the landscaper, the cook, the janitor, as well as the direct care staff, the managers and so on. So they might get down to 10 to one, eight to one, but if you just go direct care, the actual caregiver giving that care, 15 or 20. Now you may say, well, that sounds outrageous. How can that even be? Well, that's the way the rules are written. That's the, the rules of the game. So what kind of care are they giving is even more important. But the amount of time, we all know that quality is more important than quantity, but you need to have enough quantity to be able to give that quality. So if somebody is responsible for 20 people in the course of one hour, that's an average of three minutes per person per hour. Even if they were just stopping by into somebody's room and saying, how are you doing today? They have three minutes, an hour to do that. If you've got one caregiver responsible for five, well, now we have 12 minutes per individual. Now, some people need a lot of care. Some need very little care. Most are somewhere in between. But the ratios are very important. One of the biggest differences between a big box and a home, home-like versus an actual home. 
The next thing that I want to bring up is the idea of cost. In a big box facility, the cost itself is somewhat variable. They'll have a base rate, and that base rate may be $3,000 a month, but then they'll have a menu for all of the extras, add-ons, and those add-ons, and here's the key point, will vary, will vary from month to month. So they're gonna start off by saying it's $3,000 a month base rate, and now here's the menu. What kind of help does mom need? Does mom need help getting to the dining hall? Well, if she needs help, let's check the box here. She needs transportation from the, her room to the dining hall three days a week on average. So that's an extra $45 a week. That's an extra $180 a month. Next, medication. Does mom take medication? Yes, she does. Well, how many medications? If it's three or less, it's level one. If it's three to five, it's level two. If it's five or above, it's level three. And that might be an extra $500 a month for that medication management. So the list goes on and on. And depending on what somebody needs along the way during the course of the month, that can change and probably will increase. In a private home where it's a residential assisted living, again, same rules apply. They are going to pay a monthly basis, but it's not typical at all for people to add on each month for every little extra. They may pay a little extra for incontinence products, something that is personal and private to them, or specialty food items, things that they consume and nobody else does. So it might be $5,000 a month, but it's a set rate. Instead of 3,000 a month plus 3,000 a month in variables on a menu, so you're not quite sure, it's a set solid, doesn't change, here's the rate. So the cost. We talked about the differences being the caregiver ratio, the cost itself being stable. And one of the other pieces that I really do want to bring up is when we talk about the caregivers in a big box facility where you have a lot of staff that's coming in and doing, let's say, an eight-hour shift, and they're constantly changing, those people are changing, but the residents stay the same. What the residents and their families really want is consistency, stability. They want to see that same staff person, and they know them by sight and know them by name, not just somebody who showed up today to replace somebody else for one shift or two shifts and so on. So the stability of the caregivers and getting to know them, where the caregivers know those residents and know what they need, what their habits are, what they like and what they dislike, as well as all of the dietary issues and medication issues and so on. So those are some of the major differences. Advantages? Well, I'll let you decide what's an advantage or not. In a big box facility, one of the advantages, somebody may say, is there's a lot more people to interact with. If you have 200 people in this facility, you can have a group of people that want to knit together, that want to watch a movie together, that want to play bridge together. But the reality is, if somebody wants to play cards, my mom always played cards, if somebody wants to play cards, they're going to play with those same people. It's usually not, you know, changing in and out. It's the same four or eight people that they play a hand of bridge or two groups of bridge where they're playing together. So it's going to be still with inside that 200, who are my four buds? Who are the people that I'm going to interact with, my friends with inside that? Food. Food is a big, big activity, commodity issue inside assisted living homes, big and small. So when you're in a cafeteria style where things are served as kind of a buffet, where it's one size fits all, that's less personal than if you're in a home where they can say, what do you want to have today? And maybe change the menu based on a birthday inside the house where everybody celebrates that person's birthday. They're not a nameless, faceless individual in a big, large facility, but they're in a home-like situation. Now, the caregivers many times are the ones that are preparing and serving the food 
food, but in a more upscale home, and that's what we tend to run, you may have a chef, somebody who is only responsible for the food. So they prepare the food and they have it together for them. They do have menus, but those menus can change. As long as it's recorded, they can change the menu. And in a more upscale home where you have a chef on staff, they can even put a menu on the table. Here's the three things we're offering for breakfast today. Now, you know as well as I that we all tend to do and eat the same types of things on a consistent basis. Seniors are the same. But just the feeling of knowing they can order off the menu three different items is something that's very empowering. Now, when it comes to lunch, they might have one or two different choices, but even having the menu to say, here's what we're serving today, makes it more special than just the cafeteria style where they come up and get a scoop. Now, things can be customized in a smaller home where the chef or the caregivers are providing that food, where it's a smaller, more intimate level of care. So the level of care, the size of the property itself. One of the big things when you have a big box facility is you have more spaces where there's different activities. You might have a TV room. You might have a library. You might have an exercise room. You might have a sewing room. You might have a hairdresser in-house. You might have all kinds of things. Where if it's in a residential setting, that option is typically more limited to we do have a room that serves as the front room as well as the library or the family room. We play cards there at the dining room table occasionally. Those types of things may be more limited. But do you want a home or home-like? Do you want to have a large number of people that you can maybe find a few friends in or a smaller home-like home? And that's the best way to say it. It's a home where you can have your kids come visit, your grandkids come to visit, your friends come to visit. Also, in a smaller home, you have more freedom. If somebody wants to go out of the home, it's a lot easier to make arrangements for that and preparation for that. Coming to visit can be easier as well because you come to the front door, ring the bell, and walk inside the front door as opposed to let me check in, let me show ID, let me make sure that uh, mom is available and you're here and I have to be here at certain hours. More flexibility in the residential assisted living. Now, I'm partial, but I don't want to tell you that one is better than the other. There are just some differences. One is big, one is small, one is home-like, one is a home for seniors in a residential setting. Outside of the home, the neighbors themselves, you may or may not interact with them. But the neighborhood life, as opposed to being in kind of a commercial building set off to the side where it's a large institutional surrounded by a parking lot, well, one feels more institutional, one is a home. So we're right back to where we started. Big box versus residential, completely up to you, but I wanted to give you a feel for both of them. I'm Gene for the Assisted Living Network, and I want to encourage you to always do good and do well. I encourage you to follow us on Facebook. Join our hundreds of successful owners so that you too can do well by doing good. If you like what you've seen and heard, please subscribe.